0: And in a similar vein, don't attribute your success to luck. (laughs) We all earned this. We worked hard for it. Accept it. Love
1: it. Embrace it. Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. On today's episode, we have our wonderful guest, Dr. Donna Vogel, my colleague for about 8 years at Hopkins and former program officer at NIH for 25 years, currently a freelancer doing career development and skill building. Welcome back to the podcast, Donna. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to learn from you today. What are we talking about in today's snippet?
0: Well, today I titled this episode Imposter Syndrome. Vaccinate yourself. Okay. (laughs) be More timely, right? I mean, if it's a disease, we have to develop a vaccine for it. Imposter syndrome is very common. People have it to various degrees, some a lot, some a little. Some have it in certain circumstances and not in others. Some people experience it in the professional setting, sometimes in the social setting, but it's that feeling of, I shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. Don't you want someone else instead of me? (laughs) And it takes various forms. It isn't always explicitly said in those exact words, and I want to start off with an example. A few years ago, I was at Hopkins. I was across the street at the public health school on my way to the annual symposium of what was then called the Women's Health Research Group. It's actually now the Johns Hopkins Center for Women's Health, Sex, and Gender Differences. But back then, it was the Women's Health Research Group. Okay. I was one of the people that was in on its early days in the late thoughts. And I was on my way to their annual symposium. They have posters, they have talks, they have a keynote, nice, nice event. And I've been asked to lead a lunch table discussion on the imposter phenomenon, where right you don't feel like you belong, you're not the right person for the task. And what happened was that I experienced the exact same thing that very morning on my way to the meeting. On my way to the symposium, someone said to me, your hair looks great. And of course, I said, oh, no, my hair is a mess. And in fact, I had done my hair and it did look great. But we're always doing this to ourselves. Uh-huh.
1: This, this, it, ha- this, We talk about this a lot in our leadership programs. And it, it's. It, I love talking about it because when we bring it up, there's kind of this, this, you know, people shifting their eyes going, looking at each other, and then they see the heads nodding going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then there's this almost an audible exhale of like, oh, I thought I was the only one who felt like, what am I doing here at Hopkins? You kind of almost feel like you have to look over your shoulder sometimes and someone's going to clap you on the shoulder and go, you, we've been looking for you. We've made a terrible mistake. You're not supposed to be here. But Mm -hmm. it's it's that common. It's, It's not uncommon. So it's, hopefully people who are listening to this now recognize that there's a literature around this and it's, uh, you're not alone feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in over my head.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have said something very similar in my, my workshop on how to give a talk, because particularly people who are the most junior person in the room, let's say they're on a job talk, let's say they're a postdoc, or a junior faculty member who is interviewing for a job and goes to another university and has to give a seminar. And everybody or a lot, maybe most, many of the other people in the audience are more senior and more powerful, and they start to feel really inadequate. And what do you do if You've given your talk, and it's now the Q&A period, and somebody starts asking questions not to you, but to the department chair who happens to be sitting there in the audience, right? Yeah. What could be more undermining? How do you see its control? You just have to bust back in, but how do you give yourself the confidence to do that? And the answer is you were invited. You have the mic. You have the podium. Those are your slides. You are the invited speaker. They wanted you here. And that took place before you ever even opened your mouth. So the situation can set itself up for your success in advance. You have to go in knowing that that's the foundation you're standing on before you even begin. But I digress. So I want to get back to what happened at that lunch table conversation that Uh panel, it wasn't a panel it was me and then a bunch of other people who chose to sit at that table and what we talked about and it was an interesting conversation and it was pretty productive so I saved a few notes about it and what to do when you have that feeling of I don't belong here don't you want somebody else and number one is what you just said so thank you for that segue which is you are not alone. You are not the only person who ever felt this way, far from it. And feeling isolated, feeling like you're the only person who ever had this problem is classic in so many situations for making a problem worse. Once you give it a name, once you say, this is what I am experiencing... I am experiencing imposter phenomenon. This is a known thing. Mm -hmm. There is a literature on it. Other people have thought about it and have suggestions for what to do about it. You're well on your way because it begins to demystify it and takes away its power.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Number two is embrace positive feedback. If somebody gives you a compliment, what's your response?
1: Oh, no, no, this this old dress, or I didn't pay anything for it, or not me, anybody could have done it. Oh, it was easy.
0: Right, right. And this I got from Weight Watchers. The same thing happens when people try to give you a compliment and say, yeah, you look like you've lost weight. You smile and say thank you. End of story. You don't have
1: to say anything more. Right, a a graceful thank you. Train yourself to say thank you. Because what happens?
0: When you deny a compliment or you deflect a compliment, if someone says something good about your achievements or even about your hair and you deny it, you're really devaluing the person who gave you the compliment. You're saying your opinion is incorrect or your opinion doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Is that what you really want to say? Do you want to send the message that you don't believe them? That their opinion is worthless? I don't think so. And we don't think about it that way. We don't think about it from the viewpoint of the other person. But if you do, I find it eye-opening. So don't do that. And in a similar vein, don't attribute your success to luck. Mm -hmm. We all learned this. We worked hard for it. Accept it. Love it. Embrace it. Words can be very powerful. And... I've written actually about career language and how it can be diminishing unintentionally. And the same thing happens here. There are a lot of belittling words that we need to just eject from our vocabulary. Things like just, Mm. merely, only, only, right? Just get rid of it Mm -hmm. because whenever you let those little particles sneak into something where you're talking about an accomplishment or a skill or an attribute that you should be proud of, it's diminishing. We can't afford that. We can't do that to ourselves. And one way to keep that in perspective is to keep track. Keep a journal. And I don't mean update your CV. That's another conversation. But just keep a file. It could be a paper file full of letters. It could be a file on your desktop of emails that people have sent that say good things about you. But keep them. Keep a journal or a record or a file of things that you've accomplished, things that your effort made a difference, and don't just tuck it away. Take it out and look at it. Mm -hmm. Learn from it. Because... We all forget stuff. We may forget what we've done well in the past. We need to remind ourselves of those things that really stood out and made a difference. I still have a file full of my notes from 1999 about how I started the BIRCH program, which is a a grant program for interdisciplinary women's health careers. It's something I'm really, really proud of. And I have that file with the notes I took back then when we were organizing how to create this program. It's great. It can be a tremendous boost to your confidence. And because it's a boost to your confidence, it becomes a boost to your ability to go forward. Another point, very simple, abandon perfectionism. Mm. Do I need to say anything more? (laughs) No. It's all been said, right? The perfect is the enemy of the good, all of that. Analysis paralysis. If you keep trying to be perfect, you will never be better. Right. And there is such a thing as overtraining. If you try too hard, you will end up losing your mojo. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is admit when you need to seek help. It is not a weakness. It is simply being human people at the highest levels of human achievement, whether they are professors, whether they are researchers, whether they are artists, whether they are athletes, everybody has mentors and everybody has coaches and everybody turns to those people from time to time when they hit a wall, hit an obstacle, lose their confidence, feel frustrated. All of us at any stage of life still need to seek help occasionally. So never feel that it's a weakness when you need to get that help from someone. We all do it. It's okay. And there's a lot that's been written on this in the literature as well as online. There are plenty of sources you can find there are a few that I've used. From Vitei is a good source. They've talked about, uh, that VTI is sort of a subset of the Chronicle of Higher Education that has some good articles on the subject. Also, in the Muse has some good articles on the subject. Mm-hmm. But you can find whatever you need that speaks to you. Just know that it's it's universal, yeah. and you are by no means alone. That's-
1: I think you. I think maybe you were the one who introduced me to Edge for Scholars. They've got a whole segment on um, imposter syndrome as well. Well, this is great. Can you can you recap those points for us? Sure. One, you're not alone.
0: Two, embrace positive feedback. Three, it's not luck; it's you. (laughs) Four, eliminate belittling words. Five. Keep a journal and look at it of your efforts and achievements. Abandon perfectionism and admit when you need help. I
1: mm-hmm. oh, love it. Well, folks, this has been another great episode with Dr. Donna Vogel. Um, she can talk with you or work with you as a coach on career development and skill building. And you can contact her directly at drdonnavogel at gmail.com. That's D-R. Dot, Donna, dot Vogel, V-O-G-E-L. Dr. Vogel, thank you again for joining us on the Faculty Factory Podcast. I hope we can talk again soon sometime. I look forward to it. Bye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement